How y'all doing? Oh, man, y'all can do better than that. You guys doing okay? Oh, come on. Let's give it up for Jesus one time. Let's do that. All right. That's better. So my name is Pastor Derek Parks. Uh, I, I bring you greetings from Epiphany Church in Wilmington, Delaware. And so I'm just so grateful uh, to, uh, to be standing before you today to share the Word of God with you. And so when, when Pastor Mike called me, uh, he said, hey, listen, uh, I'm not asking you to do this justice thing because you're my black friend. <laughs> I, I just need you to do it. And so I, I know that to be true. Mike is, 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 is more than a friend to me. He's a brother. Uh, he supported me through so many uh, difficult times in the journey of planning a church, uh, which planning a church is for insane people. Uh, <laughs> so if you're thinking about doing it, uh, get your head checked. But um, <laughs> So I'm just grateful to the Lord to be here today and excited to share uh, this word with you guys. So I've been tasked with, uh, oh, let me, let me do this. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a Baptist Pentecostal, uh, and so it would be <laughs> beside me if I didn't show honor uh, to your pastor, uh, Pastor uh, Michael, um, and just thank him for having me here. Pastor Mike, I love you, bro. You're my friend, and I'm so grateful to give it up for your pastor. There you go. There you go. So we're jumping into this uh, today. I've been tasked with the word justice, and so I want to uh, share from the Word of God in the book of Isaiah, uh, the book of Isaiah, starting in chapter 1. But before I do that, I would be remiss if I also didn't do this because uh, I'm nothing without these people right here. So that's my beautiful family. Uh, that's my, my wife and my two daughters and my son. Uh, my wife, Tia, she's short. She's a little tiny one. <laughs> but I, uh, I love her to death. I call her my Reese's peanut butter cup because she's dark like chocolate on the outside, but sweet like peanut butter on the inside. Amen, somebody. <laughs> so and then my two daughters, 12 and 8, and then that's my son. Uh, he is 18 years old. He's taller than me, but I told him it don't mean nothing, because uh, I'll hit him in his rib uh, just, just for good measure. So, uh, so uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, I'll read the passage, and then I'll pray, and then we'll, we'll jump right into the Word of God. He says, learn to do what is good. Pursue justice. Correct the oppressor. Defend the rights of the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us in this preaching moment. God, I pray, God, as, the, as your scripture promises that your word will not go out void. So, Father, I pray, God, that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have you ever spun around so quickly uh, and, and, and so fast that for a few seconds you were disoriented? You lost the ability to, to know where you were and know where you were standing and which direction was straight and, and, and how to walk. If you tried to walk, you would walk a little bit crooked just because you had been spinning around. And, and that's what it's like when we bring up the word justice in our culture. It's like we're being spun around very rapidly, and we almost lose our balance. It, it, we, we almost get a sense that we don't know which direction we're going. 
And so I want to argue for us today very simply that if we're going to pursue this idea of justice, if we're going to vote for Jesus, uh, then, then we must have a biblical perspective when it comes to this idea of justice. It's very important for us to understand what the Scripture has to say as it relates to the idea of justice and not just taking sound bites from the culture and from our favorite, favorite news stream. And so it's important for us to understand this. It's very important for us to track with this and have a biblical understanding because if we, if we bear the name of Jesus Christ, and if you're a believer in here today, then you bear the name of Jesus Christ, then that means that you have to understand what Jesus has to say. Because if you're going to vote for someone, then you better understand what it is that they stand for. And so if you're going to make a vote for Jesus, I'm going to argue that you better understand what he stands for. And so here's the first idea that I want us to capture here. Isaiah, he lays this out for us very clearly, and Isaiah spends a lot of time dealing with injustice. Isaiah spends a lot of time dealing with the injustices that were done to the poor, to the people who were among him. He he spends a lot of time talking about injustice. And so here's what he has to say very early on in his writing, in his book. He tells them, he says, listen, you have to learn to do what is good. I went too fast. I don't have one of these in my church, so, you know, (laughs) bear with me. (laughs) So you have to learn to do what is good. And so this idea of learning, here's what I want us to understand. If you're going to learn, then you have to be taught. Like this idea of justice and and, and walking with Jesus in, in the idea of justice is not something that we just know on our own. It's something that we must be taught. It, it, this word also suggests that it's something that, it, that we must be trained in. And so when he talks, ta- talks to us about learning to do good, what, what Isaiah is saying, he's saying, listen, you have to be taught and trained to understand how to do good. See, when, when, my, when my daughter uh, she's eight, she's, she's learning to ride a bike, and she's probably learning to ride a bike a little later on in life because we live in the city, and it's not a lot of places that I feel comfortable with her riding her bike, not because of anything else, but just because our, sideway, our sidewalks are narrow. But she's just learning how to ride a bike, and, and when she got on the bike, she, she, she didn't, it didn't go the way she wanted it to go, and so she got a little bit frustrated early on, and, and I told her, I said, listen, baby, you have to learn how to ride a bike. It's, you, you, you have to be taught and trained how to ride a bike. And when it comes to the idea of justice, many of us, we need some justice training wheels on our bicycle to help us navigate this idea more properly. The, this word here, it, it carries the sense also of chastising or chastening in order to understand justice. And so, so for many of us, we, we have to retrain our minds as it relates to our understanding of what justice truly is. And so uh, when I preached this at my church, I called this, this message, I can see clearly now because we have to have a different perspective and understanding when it relates to the ideas of justice. It's not just about sound bites, but it's about understanding biblically what God has to say about justice. Now, now here's what I want us to see. He, he, he tells them, here's what he tells them to learn to do. He tells them to learn to do good. (laughs) 
See, you, you've got to learn to do good. Does anybody know that you aren't just born knowing how to be a good person? Uh, maybe none of you have children. <laughs> and so when you have kids, the very first thing that you learn is that they have a capacity towards not doing the right thing. I think the first word that all of my kids learned was no. All three of them. No, daddy. <laughs> and it's like, how do you learn to say no? And, 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 and when we get this, uh, the other word is probably stop. And so they, they learn these words and they learn these concepts without having to be taught. So, so we have to learn how to do good when it comes to this idea of justice. Here's what do good means, to do good. It means to make things good. It means to make things right and to make things beautiful. Believer, I need you to hear me. As a Christian, you are called to make things beautiful around you. As a believer and follower of Jesus, you are called to make things right around you. As a believer and follower of Jesus, you are called to make things good around you. And so when it comes to this idea of justice, we as believers, we ought to set the tempo and the tone for what this understanding of justice means to make a thing beautiful. We should, we should be setting the tone for what it means to make a thing right. We should be the ones setting the tone for what it means to make a thing good. And in our culture, there are so many things that are not beautiful. There are so many things that are not right. There are so many things that are not good, and primarily because they lack Jesus at the center of them. And so what I'm going to argue for us today is that we as believers in Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to learn to do good and to make things good, right, and beautiful. Now, as I was studying this, and I'm no Hebrew scholar, but as I was studying the, the, the Hebrew, the, the original language that this passage was written in, uh, I came across this understanding of this word to do good. Here's what it means. You ready? Do the right thing. See, if I was in my church, people would have got excited uh, because they would have thought about Spike Lee, the movie, <laughs> Do the Right Thing. And so when we come to this concept here, we have to understand that as believers in Jesus, as followers of Christ, we are called to do the right thing. Not the popular thing. Not the thing that makes us more comfortable. Not the thing that helps us to fit in certain boxes and categories, but we are called to do the right thing. See, if your life doesn't cause you to frustrate some people who will try to categorize you, then you aren't doing the right thing. See, if the way you live your life doesn't call people who, who have placed you inside of a certain box and said, you got to vote this way and do this and, and walk like this, if your life doesn't frustrate them because you're not doing things the way they think they, that you should do them, then you're probably not doing the right thing. See, pastors, I, I got my, my pastor friends, we talk all the time, and we talk about how everybody in our church is mad at us. <laughs> everybody in our church is mad at us when it comes to how we're talking about the issues in our culture, because I'm not standing on one side or the other. I'm standing on the crossbeam of the cross and proclaiming to you that Jesus and his perspective is right and true and the gospel matters. And so when, when we talk about this idea of, of, of learning to do good, we got to do the right thing. 
And so here's what happens next. He tells them to pursue justice. This idea for pursuing, it could also be translated as seek justice. And when you talk about seeking justice, there, there are four ideas, that, that, or, or practicing, pursuing justice, there are four ideas that I want you to understand. The first one is this, that you've got to practice justice. See, you have to be in the actual application and use of the idea of practice in your life. You, 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 you have to, if you're going to seek justice, you got to know it's not just a mere notion, but it's something that you must practice in your everyday life. And you know the saying, <laughs> practice makes perfect. See, practice is the repeated action or performance of an activity or skill in order for you to maintain it with proficiency. And so if you want to become proficient in justice, if you want to become proficient in it, then you must be in the repeated practice and exercise of pursuing justice. And so this idea here, he talks to them about it, and he he says, listen, uh, uh, Isaiah's letting them know you can't just talk about justice. You've got to pursue that thing. See, in our culture, so many people talk about justice. that They have a lot to say about justice. But the reality is, is that we are called to be in the hot pursuit of justice when we see injustice in our world. And, and, and what I want you to understand is, is that justice is not innocuous. It's, it's not just something, but justice is an attribute of God. And so when we talk about the attributes of God, the the character of God, justice is one of the communicable attributes of God. That's just a fancy word that means that we can have it and that we can be in the practice of it. So we can practice justice even though God and his attribute is just. And so we've got to be chasing it down. We can't just talk about it. We've got to be in the practice of it. The next thing, if you're going to pursue justice, you've got to study it. See, if, if you're going to vote for someone, you better understand what they stand for. And so if, if, if we're talking about making a vote for Jesus, you better understand what he stands for. So you, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Fill up your catalog with passages of Scripture that talk about justice. It's very easy to do. All you have to do is go into a search software and put in the word justice, and it'll pull up every passage for you that has the word justice in it. It's very easy. It's not hard. But you got to study it. You got to understand justice. It's got to be something that's on your mind. And not because it's a hot topic in our culture, but because it's an attribute of God. And so if you want to understand God, you have to understand justice. And so what, 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 we're, what I'm arguing for you is this, is that you've got to fill up your mind with resources and, and, and passages that talk about justice so that you can be in the pursuit of it and learn to do good. Next, you have to follow justice. See, this word for follow, it means to strive after. And so we are called to strive for justice. It's not just something that, that we can hear about and talk about and say, oh, you know, well, justice has got to be served. That's not what we get to do. We are called to strive after justice in our lives. And so if you, following justice means 
that you're, that you're aiming at justice. That's what that word means also. It means to aim at. And so you have to aim at it. Well, my son, he, he's, he's taller than me now. He's about 6'4". And so he, when he was about that big, he wanted to learn how to play basketball. So I took him out to the basketball court, and I said, all right, son, take the ball and make it in the basket. And so what he did was he took the ball like this, and he just, whew, just threw it. Just went in a straight line. And I said, son... <laughs> You got to aim at the basket. And if you are going to pursue justice, guess what you got to do? You got to aim for justice. And the only way you're going to aim for it is if you understand and know what justice is all about. Now, my son, he's six foot four, and he can shoot a jump shot better than I can. And I'm the one who taught him how to shoot a jump shot because here's what he did. He went on and he practiced and he started shooting a hundred shots every day. He didn't make every shot that he took as it related to shooting the basketball, but he shot and he kept shooting until he became proficient and shooting the basketball. And when it comes to this idea of justice, just know that you're not going to make every shot that you take, but you got to keep on shooting and aiming at the basket so that you reach and, uh, and get to the understanding of what justice truly looks like in your world. By the way, my son still hasn't beaten me in basketball yet. <laughs> FYI, I need to make that clear. I won't allow it. <laughs> Let's just say that. I won't allow it. Next, you have to apply justice or seek after it. Your ideas about justice, if they're merely theoretical and don't have a biblical ideology behind them, then you're not really pursuing justice. See, the justice you pursue can't just be what the talking heads say on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or whatever news stream you, you follow. For most of you, that's Facebook. It can't just be that, though. You, you, you have to have a biblical reference point. You, you, you have to have a biblical reference point to understand justice. Justice here is the word, uh, it's the word mitzvah in Hebrew. I'm not no Hebrew scholar, but I'm just telling you what the word is. It's a word that means morally correct behavior or thinking. In other words, it refers to the attributes of God. So here's what's weird. It's weird trying to define the attributes of God. And so really quickly, I want us to see, you, you remember this, you must pursue, you must practice justice, you must study justice, you must strive after justice, and you must apply justice. But here's how you do it. You do it by understanding what Jesus says about justice. I'm going to help you. You've got to pursue it. Here's how. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, I want to help somebody today. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay a tenth of mint, dill, and cumin, or cumin, however you want to say it. And yet, you have neglected the more important matters of the law. And then he lists them for him. The first one he lists is justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These things should have been done without neglecting 
the others. So for Jesus, this idea of justice is what he refers to as a weightier matter of the law or a more important matter of the law. And so what Jesus is calling them to, he says, listen, you can't just be out here paying tithes of, of all the mint and dill. And with the Pharisees, what they tried to do is that because they were called to tithe, they said, well, I'm going to tithe of the little mint, the mint that I grow. I'm going to tithe of the dill that I grow when, when God didn't really tell them to do that. So they thought they were going to be more spiritual and practice these things by tithing mint, dill, and cumin. But Jesus told them, you're doing all that, but you're neglecting the more weighty matters of the law like justice, righteousness, faithfulness. He's he's, he's telling them you're you're neglecting these things in order to try to appear like you're more righteous. And what we're called to do, friends, what we're called to do is we're called, Jesus is dealing with them here, not about the things that they do per se, but about the things that are in their heart. See, the the law was supposed to be written on their hearts. Every Jewish person knew that, that the law was written on their hearts. And so when Jesus referred to the law, he was referring to something that was supposed to be in their hearts. And so if you're going to pursue justice, if you're going to learn to do good, if you're going to have a right relationship with, with, with justice, then it has to be in your heart. And here's what that looks like. Jesus, he broke down the greatest of the commandments. He, he broke down all of the commandments that, that were given, all of these things that the Jews and the Pharisees tried to follow so religiously. He broke those things down into two things. Here's what they are. He says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That, that, that's the simplest understanding of what justice is. Justice is simply loving your neighbor. See, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. If we were to love our neighbors as ourselves, then we would act justly. If we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, then we would act rightly before God. And see, understanding this will get you away from the the, the monologues of the culture and and have you walking in what what, what the gospel has for you to do, and that is to love your neighbor better yet He calls us to even love our enemies. I'm sorry, Pastor Mike, I didn't mean to come in here and mess with your people like this. But but you got to love your enemies too. That means you love the people that don't think like you. That means you love people who don't look like you. That means you love people who don't vote like you. Uh Uh-oh, amen lights and walls. (laughs) That means that you have to love people who don't necessarily align with your processing. You, you, You have to love your enemies. And that's how Jesus summed up the law for them. He's saying, listen, this is a verdict that you have to understand. And, and this verdict has to be declared with truth and power that we have to love our neighbor as ourselves, but also love our enemies. Then he goes on to tell them, correct the oppressor. Isaiah is making this clear for us. He's saying, listen, there's some things that you have to do when it comes to the idea of justice that requires you not to back away or sit back idly, but there's some things that you have to go straight on after. So, th- so there are some things in our culture that we as believers, 
we have to speak up against. There are some things in our culture, because that word for correct, it means to go straight on. It means to reprove or rebuke. And it means to make progress. If there's going to be any progress in our culture, if there's going to be any progress in the world, then we have to correct and go straight after and rebuke any forms of oppression and injustice that we see around us. That's any form. And so what we're called to do, what we're called to do as believers is we are called to stand up in order to make progress and to correct the oppressors. Oppression must be reprimanded. Racism must be reprimanded. Listen, all these things must be reprimanded and reproved, not because we don't like them, but because they are against the holy, righteous nature of God. And if God is just and we are his followers, guess what? We are to call wrong what he calls wrong and call right what he calls right. It's that simple. Correct the oppressor. And then next, he tells us to do this. He says, defend the fatherless. Ready for this? The word for defend means to defend. <laughs> Groundbreaking. <laughs> I know, it's really, really powerful stuff. But it also means to deliver or to avenge. Oh, go back. There we go. Or to avenge. See, when it, when it comes to this idea of defending the fatherless, there are those around us who experience fatherlessness on many levels. But, but here's what I want us to understand. The, the, the fatherless, yes, are those who are orphans or those who, who, are, who are without any, who, who are without a father. But I need you to know this. There are more spiritual orphans around you than there are physical orphans. There are people around you who spiritually have no father. Spiritually, they don't have anyone that they can rely on for their provision, protection, and they don't even know where to look for that. And so for us as believers, here's what we're called to do. We're called to defend those who are fatherless. We're called to defend those who are orphans. And, and we are called to sharing the gospel with those who don't know Jesus so that we can deliver them from their fatherlessness. And see, when you share the gospel with people, when you tell people about the good news of Jesus, you avenge them from the death that, that, that is coming for them, and you avenge them when you share the gospel and call them into a life-giving relationship with Jesus, and that way they don't have to suffer with, 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 with sin and death anymore because they've been delivered from it. And that happens when we defend the fatherless, but there are fatherless amongst us who we are called to defend, and, 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 and however those people were made fatherless, we're called to defend them. As Christians, we can't be so concerned about all of the, of the orphans in other countries. We've got so many orphans right here in our own states. There are so many people who are orphaned right here in, in our own city who, who need a loving home and a loving family. And that's what believers are called to do. Here's the last one he tells them. 
He says, plead the widow's cause. This word for plead, it means to strive or to contend for the widow's cause. See, it, it, it also has this idea of bringing a legal suit against. But, but, but we have to contend for those who have been made widows in our society. We have to contend for those. We have to plead the widow's cause. And, and, and here's what a widow is. A widow is anyone who is without a home. A widow is anyone who, who, who doesn't have a place. And so what we're called to do, here's what we're called to do, believers. I want you to understand this. I want to help you today. We are called to contend for and to strive for those who are without a home. And so many people are homeless, not just in the sense of not having a place to say, but they are homeless spiritually. And so we are called to plead their cause and point them to a Savior who invites all of us in to a relationship with Him, and He promises us the gift of eternal life if we would just believe in Him and so that they can have a home again. But better yet, here's what it looks like in the Scriptures, because I don't want you to believe me. I want you to believe what the Word says. He says, therefore, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. If you don't understand anything else that I said today, I need you to understand this one point. Justice is about calling people to be reconciled to God. And if we're going to be reconciled to God, if we're going to be reconciled through Jesus, here's what we got to understand is that Jesus is the one who pleads your cause. Jesus is the one who defends your needs. Jesus is the one who corrects your oppression. Jesus is the one who pursues after you justly. And Jesus is the one who does you good. If, and I, I need every believer to understand that. We are called to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. If you're going to make your vote for Jesus, make your vote in this way. Plead with people. Be reconciled to God. And, and it's not just sinners and unbelievers who need to be reconciled to God. Sometimes our brother and sister in Christ need to be reconciled to God because they've diverted from his teachings. They've diverted from his commands. And, and, and I know in our culture, you're supposed to mind your business. But we're not called to mind our business. We're called to be about the Father's business. And if you're going to be about the Father's business, then you've got to call people to be reconciled to God, whatever form that takes. It's so important for us. It's so vital that we understand that justice means, and justice is all about calling people to be reconciled to God. Maybe you're in here today, and this, these things that I'm talking about seem foreign to you. you. You don't really understand what this reconciliation looks like. But Jesus has taken on himself the accumulation of all of our sins. 
and laid them on himself on the cross. And he was crucified for our sins. And then after he was crucified for our sins, the scripture tells us that he places his righteousness upon us. Righteousness and justice go hand in hand. There's no justice without righteousness, no righteousness without justice. So when God placed his right, when Jesus placed his righteousness on us, he placed his justice on us. And the scripture tells us that if you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you can be saved. All you have to do is place your faith and trust in Jesus, and he will deliver you. He will do good towards you. He'll pursue you. He'll defend you. He'll plead your cause. Just place your faith in him. I want to pray for us. And I want to thank God for this opportunity. But I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus, make the best decision you could ever make in your life. And place your faith and trust in him today. Father, I pray. Lord, help us to see justice rightly today. Help us to make a vote for you, Jesus. The best vote we could make is to follow you. And so, Father, I pray today by your spirit that you would lead us and guide us into all truth. Direct us. Help us to see you more clearly. And, Father, I pray by your spirit, God, that you would do a work in us today. Help us to come to know you so that we might find freedom, discover our purpose, and go out into the world and make a difference. It's in Jesus' name that I pray these things with thanksgiving in my heart, knowing that you'll do everything that you said you would. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Blessings, family.